Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda. Good morning, Madeline Palmer filling in for Natasha Belling. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 6th of December. The Reserve Bank Board is tipped to lift the cash rate for the eighth consecutive time today when it comes together for its final meeting of the year. Some experts are predicting another hike of 25 basis points. And for more on this, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. So many unanswered questions here. So what can we expect? Maddie, good morning. Unfortunately, as you suggested in the introduction, we can expect a 25 basis point or 0.25% increase for the eighth month in a row. I'll tell you what, 2022 has been a heck of a year, hasn't it? That would add about $80 to the average Australian mortgage of about $750,000. Of course, the average is the average. People are paying a lot more at one end, maybe paying a little bit less at the other. Uh, but again, the inflation rate remains simply too high. Now, there's no guarantees that they will do this. But the inflation number remains too high. The economy very strong. Unfortunately, in this year, good news is bad news. Bad news is good news. It's all upside down. Because the economy is so strong, because that inflation rate remains too high, the RBA, again, we can't say certainly, but almost certainly, has more work to do to get us back into a better shape as we head into 2023. Yeah, certainly. And look, Governor Philip Lowe has also copped some flack lately as well. Mm -hmm. So what are the other options (laughs) for the RBA going forward? Look, I think it depends on how they see the economy. So, you know, on one hand, we've got inflation at 6.9%, which is astronomically high. 12 months ago, if you'd asked me, you know, what would I think, I would simply say, I don't believe you, inflation won't be that high. And of course it is. Uh, so they, you know, they might though see the decrease from 7.3% last month to 6.9% this month. So, you know what? Our, 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 our actions are working. We are making a difference. We are getting some traction. So they could, for example, say, you know what, let's leave it. Let's see what else we can do. They certainly won't go any higher than, than 25 basis points. So people can take a, a breathe a sigh of relief there. The biggest challenge for the RBA is firstly, we don't know who's spending what, although the Black Friday sales were astronomically big. So plenty of people out there still with cash. The other thing is they're not meeting in January at all. So whatever they do or don't do today, will have to do for two months. And if they're on the on the fence, if they're on the edge, that itself might be enough to tip them over to doing something just to make sure in two months' time you don't want to have to be making up for the mistakes of December. Yeah, definitely. And look, the question on everyone's lips is, will Philip Lowe go? <laughs> I look, I, I don't, that's a really good question. I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to simply leave on his own accord once he feels like the damage is, is passed, once he's you know kind of fixed what needs to be fixed. The biggest challenge, I think, for the RBA is there are, um, there are no certainties here. Uh, no one else, you know, the same circumstances. Remember, the US Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, the European Central Bank, were all saying at this time last year, inflation is probably transitory. Economists and central bankers had convinced themselves that inflation was dead, that it was never going to be a problem again, that we'd solved all the economic problems of the world. Whenever that sort of certainty is in place, you know, to be a little bit careful to watch out for something that might come and get us. I think he's doing a a reasonable job. He made some big mistakes, but I'm far from convinced he's not the best man for the job. Yeah, we'll keep a close eye on that one. Thanks so much for your insights, Scott. In other news, this Tuesday morning, National Cabinet has been postponed after Prime Minister Anthony Albanese tested positive to COVID-19. The PM will stew to meet with state and territory leaders tomorrow to discuss a market intervention plan to lower energy costs. 
The government's promised to reveal a strategy by Christmas, but now key talks have been delayed until a later date. While the New South Wales and Queensland governments are still standing firm that they won't support a cap on coal or gas prices. Here's New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet. We want to work with the Commonwealth Government to put downward pressure um, on energy prices. Now, um, at the same time, though, if uh, there is a situation where caps are in place that leads to compensation, um, then I don't want to see the New South Wales taxpayers um, having to foot that bill. Sydney's milk crate murderer Mert Nay is recovering from stab wounds after allegedly being attacked by another inmate in prison. It's understood the 25-year-old was in an outdoor area with another prisoner when the incident reportedly occurred. He was later taken to Goulburn Base Hospital in a serious but stable condition. Nay was sentenced last year to 44 years behind bars after stabbing Michaela Dunn to death in a CBD apartment in August 2019 before he was caught by bystanders with a milk crate and a chair. Staying in Sydney now, where Hillsong founder Brian Houston has faced court pleading not guilty to concealing an indictable offence. He's accused of failing to tell police about a sexual abuse allegations against his late father. Our reporter Michaela Savage has the details. The courts heard Brian Houston didn't report the allegations to authorities because the alleged victim didn't want police to know. His father, Frank Houston, was accused of assaulting a seven-year-old boy in Coogee in the 1970s. The Crown alleges documents show Brian Houston was aware of those allegations in late 1999 and that he had a legal requirement to report them to police, but tried to deal with the situation internally instead. While the alleged victim, Brett Sengstock, has given evidence saying he signed a dirty napkin for 10 grand after meeting with Frank in the late 1990s. He says he received the money several weeks after contacting Brian Houston about the exchange, telling the court he has no doubt he was paid for his silence. Brian Houston says that isn't true. The hearing continues today. To Victoria now, where Premier Daniel Andrews has revealed he's reshuffled ministry after being re-elected to the state's top job last week. Some of the main changes were Lizzie Blanthorne, who was given the disability and family services portfolio instead of planning because of a conflict of interest. Lily D. Ambrosio will be Victoria's new minister for the reborn State Electricity Commission, while Tim Pallas will serve a third term as treasurer and Jacinta Allen will keep her place as deputy premier. But our reporter James Lake in Melbourne says the reshuffle also hints Mr Andrews might not see out his four years. Now, Matty, a picture does say a thousand words, as the expression goes. And yesterday's photo of Dan's new cabinet put Deputy Premier Jacinta Allen front and centre. She could have been the Premier in the picture. Two other moments last week hinted similar things when Allen was side by side with Dan at his post-election press conferences. Then she was sent out solo for several major government announcements. Insiders say it's no secret Dan Andrews is preparing Jacinta Allen to be the next Victorian Premier. And to WA now, where construction has officially begun on the world's most powerful radio telescope. Our reporter Alicia McFarlane has more from Perth. Construction on this long-stretching telescope is now underway after more than two decades of planning. More than 130,000 antennas will be built across 74 k's in the state's Midwest to create the Square Kilometre Array Observatory, and it's set to be the largest science facility on Earth. Premier Mark McGowan says WA will be the beating heart of scientific astronomy for many years to come. This is an amazing scientific um, facility. It allows for scientists to look back in time 
basically back to the Big Bang, which I don't really understand, but apparently it does. Time for sport now with Josh Conway and Josh. Good morning. Our Socceroos heroes have touched back down on home soil after their epic World Cup campaign. They have, Maddie, and big crowds greeted some of the squad at Sydney and Melbourne airports after our efforts in Qatar, which really did capture the nation's attention. It follows, of course, those crazy scenes we saw across the country for our final game against Argentina with the fan sites really going off. And after getting off the plane, Aussie captain Matt Ryan admits he was blown away by the support. The support's been unreal and it's nice to come back here and see it with our own eyes now. And um, yeah, we can't thank the, the Australian public enough. Ryan did also add that he's backing coach Graham Arnold to be re-signed. Arnold is out of contract currently and has previously said he needs a bit of time away before making a decision on whether to go on if indeed he is offered a new deal. And Josh, to cricket, our test skipper will be given every chance to be fit for Thursday's second test. Yeah, that's right, Matty. That is according to coach Andrew McDonald, who has declared Pat Cummins a 50-50 chance to line up against the West Indies in Adelaide. Cummins is still battling a quad strain following our first test win over in Perth, but will be given every chance to prove his fitness. Paddy's obviously the major concern, and you know, we heard on side of caution. You know, that recovery, in theory, started potentially two days ago, um, so we feel as though he's you know, 50-50 for the next test match as it sits at the moment. A bolter from out west has been jetted into the squad as injury cover two. Lance Morris will join up with the players in Adelaide. He can reportedly push 150 k's on the speed gun. Queensland's Michael Nisa has also been added to the squad. And just on the cricket, England pulled off a heist overnight in Pakistan, claiming one of their best ever test wins, taking five final session wickets against Pakistan in fading light. That's despite 1,768 runs being scored across the match. That is the most ever made in a five-day test. And just back to the World Cup in Qatar, Croatia needed a penalty shootout this morning to make it through to the World Cup quarterfinals. They saw off Japan after the sides finished regular and extra time at one goal apiece. Here's how it finished. Thanks to SBS. Pasilic only has to score to ensure the job is done. Which he does! And that is what is making news this morning, Matty. Thanks so much, Josh. And how's this for a discovery of a lifetime? The remains of the last known Tasmanian tiger have reportedly been found, ending an 85-year-old mystery. Researchers at the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery say the preserved skin has been sitting in a cupboard for all that time. The female thylacine died at Hobart Zoo on September 7 in 1936 and was thought to have been sent to the museum but went missing a short time later. And it's believed a cataloguing error led to the remains being misplaced. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. And you can also catch the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Madeline Palmer. Thanks for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.